talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit a minute, okay? Let me see you raise your hands quick. I'll block my eyes so I can see you, but just be honest. Don't, don't raise your hand if it doesn't fit. But how many in this room you'd say you, you've heard controversial teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You yourself have maybe struggled in some what about it because of different things you've heard and the way things have been taught and presented. You've heard some things that yes, you heard some things no, and you've just been kind of in limbo, but it would be helpful and you would love to hear the thoughts on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me see your hands. Wow, that is an incredible amount of people. No wonder I heard that in the hallway, huh? There was some folks in the, up in the room, and Tom said, we're going to come over, we're going to lay hands on people of the Holy Spirit. And I felt like I needed to just come down. I said, man, go do it, guys. That's awesome. And William, he's been walking me around, and just, you're so good, man. And I said, listen, I can make it down there. You go get in on that. It would bless my heart. He said, okay. And he went in and got in on that. <laughs> but uh, I was just in Mississippi, and there was four ladies that came from a Baptist church. And I'm not saying that to mark a Baptist denomination, they're actually a very live, moving forward, awesome Baptist church. But they had mixed understanding on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they came up at the end of the service in a little circle and asked about that. So we did a little thing and talked and shared, and they cried and said, that is so crystal clear. Oh my goodness. I said, isn't that awesome? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You guys like want to receive Holy Spirit? And they're like, yeah. And, and he just came. It was just fun. He'll just come. Like he's excited to come. <laughs> so it's just good. All right, you guys ready? Okay. In John chapter 4, you can scroll there quick. I'm going to move. I'm going I'm to save some time. But at the same time, I want you to see some things. Verse 10, he's talking to the woman of Samaria. Uh, it's on, it's, this all happened on the day Jesus was tired. I just love it, man. Jesus was tired on this day. He stayed by the well. He was weary from the journey. This is just funny. But he gets talking to this lady. She's perplexed. He's a Jew. She's a Samaritan. Verse 10, Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God... And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. So, ask and it shall be. Didn't matter that she was a Samaritan. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She goes on and talks about this, sir, you don't even have the wells deep, you don't have none to draw, da, 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 right? He says, whoever, verse 13, drinks this water, the well water, it's going to thirst again. He's talking about natural thirst, but he's talking about spiritual fulfillment in this, in this next part. But whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. Do you see how scripture it is? Scripture it is to teach that Jesus is your identity, that he's your fullness, he's your security, he's the one that makes you complete. Look, when you're thirsty in your soul, when you're thirsty in your spirit, it's because you're not settled, not satisfied, not convinced, and not fulfilled. But to know the love of Christ, Ephesians 3, which passes knowledge, is to be filled with all the fullness of God. So you study the word fullness out, and here's what it means. To know the love of Christ is to be filled with all the fullness of God. The word fullness means a house with no empty rooms. 
It means a town with no empty houses. It means a ship so full of cargo there's no space to put another box. That can be your life through understanding who you are in Him. Where you're never driven by a vacuum and emptiness. You never have to feed anything because you're already filled. <sighs> whoever, whoever, that means everybody's invited to take a drink. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst again. Watch this. But the water that I shall give him will become in him. Boom. A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. What's he talking about? He's talking about getting born again. Getting your spirit recreated. He's talking about you receiving the life of Christ on the inside as a seal for that day of redemption. You become a, a wheat and not a tear. You become a keeper fish, not a throwback. Yeah? You just go straight in the live well, baby. It's just awesome. You know, you get measured and you measured up and they keep you. You know? So look at John 7 real quick and then I'm going to just touch a couple things. I'm going to run through this in a simple... Bible teaching that's going to answer questions, it's going to release faith, and then we're going to ask Holy Spirit to come. Fair enough? Okay. Uh, look at verse 37 of John 7. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. Man, it must have been important if he made a scene like that. <laughs> He just stood up. See, I see this stuff. I go, wow. Like everybody, it's just like everybody here just hanging out in the feast. You're doing your whatever. And all of a sudden in the middle or somewhere, Jesus would just stand up and start crying out. <laughs> Anyone who believes in me as a scripture, he cried out, guys. And everybody's like, right? Whatever he was saying must be really important to Jesus, Right? He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now watch. Kind of sounds like John 4, right? He who believes in me, as the scripture has said. Out, that's important. He who believes in me, who do men say that I am? Well, who do you say that I am? I saw a testimony when I was saved for a few years of a minister who prayed for this witch lady caught up in witchcraft and she got delivered and all her little disciples got delivered in the meeting. And, and, and she said, I cannot defeat your Jesus. So I will bow to him. And watch. I was watching it and I was weeping. It was so powerful. And the Lord spoke to me and said, what about your Jesus? There's a whole lot of Jesuses out there. Holy Spirit said, what about your Jesus? Not to condemn me. To make me hungry and keep me searching. I, I rolled off my couch on the floor and cried and sought him. And he ministered to me and it was awesome. Yeah? Because I realized that for this lady to come boldly into the meeting all dressed and garbed out, she realized everybody's afraid of her, they're freaked out, they're distracted, why worship's going on, they're looking, wondering what she's doing. 
And I realized that she had been messing up Christians for a long time and she had built a confidence and an arrogance because she didn't bump into a Jesus that was greater than what she was Until that day, she ran into that fella and she said, I can't defeat your Jesus, so I'll bow to him. Yeah. He who believes in me as the scriptures has said, not circumstances, not common knowledge, not other men's opinions, Scriptures, Jesus, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Kind of sounds like John 4, drink of me, never thirst again. But if you believe in me as the scriptures say, out of your heart flows. Does that sound different than a fountain springing up into everlasting life? Two different experiences. Fountain springing up into everlasting life. Born again experience. Believing as the scriptures say. Filled and fueled by a spirit to be a witness and out of your belly. Power and love conference. How do you know that's true, Dan? Just read the next line. But this he spoke concerning the spirit. Who those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because he was not yet glorified. He says in Romans 8, he predestined you. Who he predestined, he called. Who he called, he justified. Who he justified, he glorified. Let's talk about you. Not in a haughty, arrogant way. By filling you with the same spirit that raised him from the dead. Yeah? Oh my goodness. Okay, so in John 20, we preached it yesterday. He breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Do you think they received Holy Spirit? If he said that? What they received? They got born again. I explained it yesterday. His blood speaking better things. His blood's on the mercy seat. That was their born again experience. The Redeemer, Jesus, brought man back to day one as God breathed into Adam. That breath was lost through sin. Jesus restored that breath through his cross and resurrection. And Jesus himself was the second breath of God back into man. Last Adam. Right? And all of a sudden, man becomes a living being. Because until that day, he was just a form and a shadow of what he was created to be. And he was actually dead spiritually. And all of a sudden, he became a living soul. Why? Because that's how God made man. That's where Jesus restored man. Back to the breath of God. And in that breath is all that God is. You guys get that? Receive Holy Spirit. So what happened? They got born again. Life came back inside of them. But it's amazing because in the end of chapter of Luke, if you look at the last chapter of Luke, let's just look here. I'll, I can read it for you quick. Thank you, Lord. Okay. He says, he says in verse 48, and you of Luke 24, and you are witnesses of these things. He's just talking to him about why he came. There's so much here. I have to be careful. I'll just preach like, there's just so much here. 
but I'm trying to talk to you about Holy Spirit because <laughs> I am so tempted to read 46, but I'm going to read 48. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem in your, until you're endued with power on high. You guys with me? So in John 20, he breathed on him and said, receive Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, he said, hey guys, hang out in Jerusalem and tarry there till you're endued with power. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 real quick. Verse 4, and being assembled together, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is just another account, a fuller account of when he was with them after the resurrection. You guys with me? And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Is that what we just read in Luke 24? So it's right there. Luke has this revelation. This is awesome. Which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Wait a minute, Jesus. You already breathed on us and said, receive Holy Spirit. And now you're telling me to hang out and wait because Holy Spirit's coming. You already said He came. No, He didn't. He said, receive Holy Spirit, a recreated spirit. They were reborn from above, refathered. They were back in the family. They were light, not dark. Now, there's something different coming. You better hang around because God has something else coming. He's the person of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be immersed in Him. You're going to be dipped into Him. And you're going to become one with Him. And He's going to empower you. And you're going to be my witness. And if you believe, as the Scriptures are saying, out of your heart or belly, some translations say, will flow rivers of living water. This He spoke of the Spirit. Okay? Now watch this. Watch this. Acts 2, we know he came, right? Fire on their heads, right? They're all praying in tongues, people thinking they're drunk. You guys know the story, right? Okay, so I'm not even going to camp there anymore because we know he came, right? Go to Acts 8 with me. Just do a little stroll through the Bible and just showing you some cool things. Okay, verse 14 of Acts 8. Who's ever heard people say, well, you get the Holy Spirit when you're born again? Who's ever heard people say that? Who's heard preachers say that? Well, they're true in the sense of a recreated spirit. <sighs> Receive Holy Spirit. Boom! That's what you get when you're born again. But what about tarry in the city and not many days from now, Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You'll be endued with power. And Watch this. Luke eleven thirteen. If you, being of evil nature, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them who... Why do you ask if he's automatic? Oh, I'm going to nail this down so good. Come on. See, we just speak so quick. But if you believe in me as the... So you see, well, you get the Holy Spirit when you're born again. Wait a minute, but what about what scriptures say? Why would you ask God for Holy Spirit if he already came and already comes? Acts 8. Verse 14, now when the apostles were at Jerusalem and heard that Samaria had received the word of God, remember Philip went there? Remember there was great things that happened and signs, wonders, and all of a sudden Samaria believed and the whole city got born again. You guys aware of that? Okay, so now watch. 
So who knows Peter and John are leaders in the church? Who knows they're apostles, right? They got word that Samaria had received the word of God. Woohoo! Now watch. And when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive Holy Spirit, for as of yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only, not meaning less significant, it means just just only got partial of what God wants to give. It doesn't mean it's less important. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What's that mean? They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They got water baptized. But Holy Spirit hadn't come upon any of them yet. It must be so important to receive Holy Spirit that Peter and John, if you look at the geography, walked approximately 35 to 50 miles or rode a donkey or something to get to Samaria. That's a journey. They didn't jump in a car and go 65. They said, Samaria's received the word of God. They didn't say, ah, oh, well that cut off nation and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of dogs. Samaria's received the word of God? Have they received Holy Spirit? Not that we can tell as of yet. I mean, we got to go. John, we, Peter, I'm with you. Let's go. 35 to 50 miles. They took off to lay hands on him because as of yet he had come upon. Well, if he's automatic with your salvation experience, why is this here? <laughs> when, verse 17, they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. Now here's where people, look, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the apostles' hands, Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, and you guys know that story. It doesn't say how he knew he came, but he saw something. The only manifestation that's really mentioned in the Bible is other tongues. And then people get real tonguey with their teaching, and other people get real freaked out. How do I know it's God? How do I know it's the devil? And it's all about tongues instead of all about receiving him. There's so many people that have hesitated to be prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they're unsure about the whole other tongues and things. Here's the deal. How much more the Father will give the Holy Spirit to them that... So if you ask, is he coming? Yay. So there's people that say, well, if you didn't pray in tongues, you didn't receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, I believe we can all pray in tongues. I believe that grace is in the person of the Holy Spirit. I believe He wants us all to. I believe tonight, if you've never prayed in tongues, never received the Holy Spirit, you come up here, He's coming, and you can pray in tongues. I believe there's that liberty. We're going to have that freedom and that fun. But if somebody doesn't pray in other tongues, is it scriptural to say you didn't receive the Holy Spirit? So how do you receive Him the same way you live your life? By faith. We always make it a manifestation. We think you have to shake and cry. So there's countless people out there living condemned in their mind because they think they're not fit, they're not worthy, they're not clean, and they've been prayed for and they didn't pray in tongues so they feel like Holy Spirit doesn't want to live in them. And it's wrong teaching because look what it produces. Not life and life more abundantly. My pastor's wife was baptized in the Holy Spirit at a meeting and then she went three months and never prayed in tongues because she had some wrong teaching about tongues and she was in a Pentecostal charismatic type service that was really wild one night and she saw people saying, just pray yabba dabba do backwards real fast and, and she got weirded out and said, oh my. So she left the meeting and said, you know what? 
I don't receive that, but I receive you. And I believe you're in me, and I believe you're empowering me to shine and be a witness, and I believe you're going to help me and speak truth to me and reveal Christ to me and glorify Him through me. I believe you're my helper. So for three months, she talked to Him and communed with Him and woke up and had fellowship with the person of Holy Spirit. Never prayed in tongues. She got a phone call from her husband out of town. He was distraught and crying. She's never seen him cry. He's not that kind of man. He was overwhelmed. He broke and cried on the phone. Her heart as a wife broke for him. She had to hang up. He had to hang up abruptly. She hung up. And imagine how you are emotionally. Then that's your hubby. You're young. Oh, my husband. He's crying. You can't communicate. She's pacing the floor. She doesn't know what to do. She kneels at the couch and... He was there in that language, was there the whole time. Her soul was, but when she got in that place and wasn't thinking about it and didn't know what to do and got overwhelmed and went to cry and pray with all her heart and had no words, guess what happened? It's just beautiful to me. So watch this. Watch this. That's Acts 8. Acts 10. You guys want to go there real quick? We're just scrolling through. I'm almost done. I'm actually almost done. This is awesome. That's hard to believe. <sighs> Who said amen? <laughs> I just realized somebody said amen with authority. <laughs> They're like, amen, brother. I am, I'm in unbelief right now. <laughs> Here I am, a preacher manifesting unbelief in the people. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can't believe you're finished. Verse 44 of Acts 10. It's still yet to be seen that I'm finished. Whoa, see, Peter was still speaking. Why, Peter was still speaking. He's still speaking. I mean, the guy spoke with a lot of words in Acts 2, man. He went on and on and on. Good results, though. While Peter was still speaking, you encouraged me, Peter. <laughs> I'm really messing up, ain't I? <laughs> Who knows he's a Cornelius' household? Who knows Cornelius is considered a Gentile? Who knows that he's not considered... Yeah? You guys get it? You know the story? The vision came to Peter. Vision came to Cornelius. Or actually, Cornelius had a visitation. And Peter ends up at Cornelius' house because of all that. Who orchestrated that? The Lord. While Peter was still speaking to the people of Cornelius' household, look what happened. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those who were of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues, magnify God, and Peter answered, Watch what he was thinking right away. Man, these guys got to be born again. Holy Spirit's just come on them. He's empowered them. The same thing that happened to us in Acts 2 just happened to them. Whoa, Gentiles. Wow. So Peter says, Can anyone forbid them water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them all to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they asked him to stay a few days. So what happened? 
Holy Spirit came, baptized him, empowered him to be a witness. Peter recognized it and said, hey, I ain't fighting over this. God's prepared my heart that he wanted to save the Gentiles and Cornelius' household. Man, we're going to baptize him in water as a sign of transformation. These guys are born again. Isn't that awesome? So in Samaria, they got saved and got baptized, but Holy Spirit came upon none of them yet. In Acts 10, Peter's speaking, Holy Spirit comes. But there's a scripture that says, how much more will the Father give Holy Spirit to them that ask, right? Oh, I want, let me do this real, real, real quick. Maybe I can do this quick. Now, okay. Uh, last place. We'll go to one more place, okay? Acts 19, this is really good. This is going to nail it down, okay? And then we're just going to ask him to come. And you know he wants to, don't you? You know why he wants to? Because he loves us. He wants to empower us. He, he wants to live in us. This is what the gospel taught me. I was in my bedroom and I realized, see, you can't share this stuff when you're young in the Lord. Sometimes you think people are going to look at you cockeyed and call you a heretic. But I realized I was a house fit for a king my whole life and never knew it. I was predestined for destiny. Like, he paid a high price to obtain me. And I'm in my room thinking about this and Holy Spirit said... Jesus didn't die on the cross to expose your sin. He died on the cross to remove your sin and expose your value to Him. No preacher in my life ever told me that. Everybody always told me He died because I'm a sinner. Well, He had to die because I sinned, but do you think He died because I'm a sinner? No, He died because I was a lost son and I have a destiny. It's all about purpose and future and legacy. <laughs> Who pays a high price for nothing? And he shed the blood of his son to obtain me. And he believes the price is well worth the purchase possession. <laughs> he doesn't want to live with a house made with hands. When Todd said, I heard Dan years ago say, you know, God could live anywhere. What I say is he could live in a castle in the sky. He could sit it right in the sky. Because he's God. He could do it. The most massive mansion castle you've ever seen in your life. And the north, south, and east, and west could see it all at the same time if he wanted to. Right? And you could get up out of your house with your kids and they could be going to school looking at that thing and you say, that's where God lives. Whoa. But He doesn't want to do that. He wants to live in you. So that people look at you and go, whoa. Yeah? He paid a pretty serious price to move inside of you. If I'm reading my Bible right, sin evicted him from his home. And he paid a price and dealt with the problem and moved back in. And made all things new. Tore out the whole inside of that thing and put all new inside. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Okay, Acts 19. You all ready? It happened while Paulus was at Corinth, and Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. How do you know they were disciples? If you read the story, you'll realize it was their dress code, their attire, whatever they were wearing, revealed to Paul they were followers of something. Okay? So he believed they were following, and he believed they were Christians. Now this is fascinating to me. Coming to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, it's so random, it like, seems like, what? He didn't like say, hey guys, where are you heading? Hey guys, how you doing? Hey guys, hey guys, there's a meeting over, I'm going to be meeting over, you guys want to, 
said. <laughs> Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? <laughs> well, Paul, I wish you'd get a revelation. You get the Holy Spirit when you get born again. Hello. <laughs> Paul needs some understanding. He probably needs to study the word that he wrote, huh? <laughs> Come on, man. Paul's, Paul's most important thought when he saw disciples was to make sure they've been empowered and endued to be a witness. And he's like, hey, he realizes they're believers. And he says, hey, have you received Holy Spirit since you believe? Guys, if he's automatic, why is Paul asking the question? <laughs> is the word too cool or what? Like, I just, it freaks me out that we fight over doctrine in the Word. I'm thinking we just don't read our Bibles from a pure heart. We read our Bibles to prove and disprove. So we think we see what we see. If you read your Bible to know Him, period, guess what will happen? If you read your Bible to disprove something or to hold on to something you're trying to prove, guess what you'll think you see? Whatever you need to. You can read your Bible to get out of a relationship. You can read your Bible to get out of a marriage and you're sure you're finding Scripture. I'm just saying. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? So guess what they said? We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? What were you immersed into? What have you become one with? What, what are you guys following? What are you baptized into? So they said, into John's baptism. He goes, oh my goodness, this is awesome. Okay, listen, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. Prepare the way for the one to come. Okay, guys. Literally, this is what he's saying. Guys. He already came. His name's Jesus. Like, come on, man. Where were you guys at? He just crucified, raised from dead Jerusalem, you know? Saying that people should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. When he explained that and said that, guess what they did? They heard this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's water baptism. You agree? Watch this. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. There's three examples. One, two, three. There's, there's several examples of Holy Spirit. I don't want to misquote it and somebody say, you got the number wrong. People watch that stuff. It's amazing. If you'd listen for God instead of listen to correct and critique, you really would get some revelation. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did I say that, Tom? Is there any way to get that off the... No? Okay. <laughs> so then I guess I meant it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, please, please. We've saw several incidences that I read where hands were laid on to receive the Holy Spirit and in Acts 2 and Acts 10, He just came. So does hands have to be laid on you to receive Holy Spirit? Can He just come? I know people that I worked with that were taught their whole life, He's not for today, other tongues is of the devil, but my life broke them down. And one man came crying and said, I've been a Christian for 25 years. I've lived around you being a Christian at work, just at work for the last year, and I feel like I'm not even saved. I feel like I have just religion, and I don't even know God. You walk with Him. That's what he said. And I said, well, hey, man, listen. And I began to share, because before that, he was the mature Christian, because he saved all those years. And I'm just the baby Christian. I'm overzealous. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'll calm down. Life will catch up. I guess he was wrong. <laughs> I'm more freaked out now than I was then. Like, I'm 21 years into this thing, and I know I'm getting worse. I'm not making an excuse for it. I'm getting worse. Why? Because I know him a little more now than I did then. And it's good tidings of great joy, and I'll never let life speak louder than truth. Truth makes me free. So if you ever see me again, I'll be like this. Irregardless, I'll be like this, or... A little worse. Why? Because I might know him a little bit more. Have I always been like this? Yeah? You've known me for what? Eight, ten years? Yeah. I got people at home that know me for the whole 21. You know what I'm known for at home? Consistency. And what you see is what you get. And Dan's always going to have his heart in the Lord. People see me as a man of God. Why? that's what I've lived for 21 years and it marks hearts and then it gives you a voice and people respect that because you're not preaching at them. Jesus didn't preach at us. He lived a life. God didn't come with a sermon. He came with a sermon in the flesh. He didn't come and preach at you. He sent his son to live it before you. There's not one thing Jesus is asking of us that he didn't model, walk out and fulfill. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He didn't just preach to you to love your enemies. He showed you what that looks like. <laughs> he didn't just tell you to be merciful. He showed you what it looks like. Are you with me? So would you say that Holy Spirit is a separate experience from a born-again experience? Would you receive, just through the couple examples I gave you, that... There's an experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You'll be baptized not many days from now when the Holy Spirit, you'll be empowered to be a witness. Would you agree? So is other tongues mentioned there at a couple places? Isn't it part of the experience? Absolutely. Is other tongues awesome? I think it is. Corinthians 14 says, If I, if I pray in, the, in another tongue, my spirit prayeth. And he who prays in another tongue edifies himself and speaks mysteries to God. I don't know, but some about that sounds really cool. Watch. If I pray in a tongue, another tongue, my... Who does the praying? 
I do the praying. He doesn't take your mouth and go, If I pray, he gives you the utterance. You pray. In, I could pray in tongues. What did you just say, Dan? I'm just demonstrating to you that the Holy Spirit's in me and I can pray in tongues and I edify myself and speak mysteries to God. I'm not interrupting a service. It doesn't need interpreted. I'm not putting on a level of prophecy. I'm just doing that when I'm driving in my truck. Holy Spirit, I appreciate you. Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you, God. Now keep your eyes open when you're driving. Thank you, God. I just worship you and appreciate you. You're amazing to me. Jesus, you're the Holy One. And all of a sudden you just go on for an hour like that. And you're where you're going and you think you just started and you're there and you're like, whoa. I'm serious. You just, could you imagine just waking up in your bedroom in the morning? Lord Jesus, I worship you. You're the lover of my soul. You're the one that makes me strong. You're the one that made me whole. You are mighty God. And all of a sudden you're going in the bathroom and you're very aware you're born again. And you're like not thinking, well, another day at the grindstone, man. I hope Billy ain't acting like a jerk. God, I wish you'd knock him off his high horse and bless me for once. <laughs> Are we doing all right? <laughs> can, you, uh, can you turn on that piano again for me, guys? Is that okay? <laughs> Or is that not possible? Is it? Awesome. Thank you. I saw a hand go up in the glare. You guys are walking in the glory, man. You ought to see what it looks like around you. <laughs> All of you. <laughs> Turn your eyes to him right now. Turn your heart to him. Please just start to thank God from your heart very humbly. Because we're laughing. We're having fun. It's not irreverent. God just doesn't want anybody pressured tonight. So we just laugh our way through some real serious things sometimes. But I'm telling you. Thank God for the gospel right now, would you? Begin to thank Him in a very personal way that He died for you. Don't, don't, just right now, it's not selfish. You've you got to receive the gospel for you to become the best you're called to be. Don't say thank you, you gave the gospel for us, you died for us. Get personal. You gave your life for me. And you want your life inside of me. And this whole weekend, I've been hearing this message. I've been hearing truth. I've been getting to go love on people and begin to, to grow and exercise a life in the Spirit. And Father, I want everything that you have for me. I want everything there is. I appreciate you. I appreciate your love. And I believe, Holy Spirit, wants to come upon me and empower me. Come on, you talk to Him like that right now. If you're already filled with the Holy Spirit, you already pray in tongues, you've already been aware of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, you can still talk like that and thank Him. I do it often. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've never prayed in tongues, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, either or, you feel like, well, I've prayed in the, I've baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe it, I've just never prayed in tongues. 
or you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you've never had anyone lay hands on you, or you've never asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please get up front here and pile up here real quick. Please. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you. Tom, this is awesome. It's a lot of folks, man. Come on up. Just lift your hands to Him. Lift your hearts to Him. You've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on up here. Don't be afraid. Be excited. Some of you might even just feel the love of God and feel like crying. It's okay. But just come to Him right now. Come on, pile in here. All of you? Whoa, no wonder He spoke to me coming down the stairs. He's going to endue you with power to be a witness, guys. He loves you. He wants you. Come on, pal in here. I need you to get in as close as you can. Come up in the middle. Lifestyle Christianity people, staff, I want you to come around the back and just begin to believe with me. We're going to pray for these people. Holy Spirit will do it. I just want you to just make contact. Just cover the crowd right now. Yeah. Look to Him. Get your eyes off your neighbor right now. This is you and Holy Spirit. This is you and the Father. Remember Luke eleven thirteen. How much more will the Father give... Holy Spirit to who? To them that ask. Is that why you ran up here? Let's look to Him right now. Say, Holy Spirit, I want You to come upon me, to empower me, to baptize me in who You are. Empower my life and make me look like Jesus. (laughs) Make me look like the Father. Make me look like love. Now let's ask the Father. Say, Holy, say, Father, I'm asking you to baptize me and empower me and make me a witness through the person of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I'm just going to pray over you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come right now. That's right. Come, Holy Spirit, fill these people. Baptize them right now. Thank you. Shake. Fill them right now. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you. Thank you. Just thank Him right now for coming. Just receive Him right now. Just believe He's come right now. If you have that language, just begin to pray it out aggressive and loud. and Let that roll over on everybody else. Go ahead. Pray out loud. Come on. That's good. Pray it out. It'll be your own language. That's awesome. Come on. Yeah, Holy Spirit, come. Lifestyle Christianity, just start touching some folks. Let's just believe God right now that everybody gets filled and immersed and flooded with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. If you haven't prayed in tongues, believe He's here. Thank Him that He's in you. Believe He's on you. And then ask Him to open up your tongue. Just ask Him to give you utterance. It's not wrong. Ask Him to give you utterance. As soon as you hear those words, don't question them. Don't let doubt. Just talk them out. Pray them and watch it grow like a river. Come on. Yeah, God. Holy Spirit, come. That's right. Flood them. Fill them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Keep praying, man. That's good. Pray it out. That's good, man. Pray it out. 
Turn around, walk around, just start touching some folks and thanking him he's coming. Pray in the Spirit. Come on, we receive you, Holy Spirit. Empower us. Thank you. You guys in your chairs, if you're not already standing, stand up. We're going to ask the fire of God to empower us and to burn in our hearts and to mark us. Amen? Father, come and baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire of God, come in this house and mark our hearts forever. Burn in us tonight where there's no going back, no looking back, no more fear of man, no more yesterday's hesitation. Fire of God, come in this house and burn us for your glory. Yes, God. Fire of God, thank you. Burn us, God, for your glory. Come on, guys. Thank him for his fire. Thank him that he's marking your heart forever. No compromise. No second guessing. No more looking back. Man, I keep hearing that. No more looking back. Burn us holy and pure and righteous, God. Yeah. Fire of God, come in this house. Thank you. Fire of heaven, come. Thank you. Mark us, burn in us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. The people that are up front here that came for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, say this out of your heart, whisper it out loud. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I believe you're in me. I know you're with me. You'll never leave me. I'm never alone. You're with me. You're in me. And you'll flow through me. I'm going to see clearer than ever before. Because of you. You're going to take everything to another level in my life. In fact, Holy Spirit, I'm marking this night as a night of increase and change. I'm going to see in Scripture what I've never seen before. And I know in my heart, my life is going to look more and more like Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I welcome you. Amen? Amen! Come on! Talk to Him every day. Talk to Holy Spirit every day. Commune with Him. Ask Him for wisdom. Read your Bible and ask questions. Commune with Him. If you didn't pray in tongues up here, don't you believe a lie. Go to your home. Go to your bedroom. Go to your car. Thank Him He's in you. Thank Him that language is there. And you begin to talk in the, in the English, sing in English, thank God, and you believe for Him to give you that utterance and you pray that out. I've had people come to altars like this. They go to bed at night. They're, they're focusing on other tongues, so their mind's a little caught up, and they're like, man, I don't know, oh, man. They'll go to sleep, and God has them in that place of just, you know what I mean? Rest. I've had this so many testimonies like this. They wake up in the night, and the words are just flooding their heart, and they just lay in their bed shaking, crying, praying other tongues for like an hour. Yeah? When you go to bed tonight, if you didn't pray in tongues, you believe you've received when you ask. And you thank Him for that language. I heard a bunch of you praying in tongues. That was fun. And I asked you to just go around and touch. I heard a bunch of you. 
But don't you believe a lie and don't believe somebody says, well, you didn't pray in tongues, man. You didn't get nothing. How much more the Father? Give the Holy Spirit. The soul's an amazing thing, man. You get focused on something here and it hinders something here. Don't believe that. You live by faith. You commune with Him. You receive Him. You go to bed at night. I'm telling you, I'm believing this, actually. I never said this in a service. I'm believing He's going to disrupt some sleep tonight. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm believing it. But it's not going to make you tired in the morning. Believe me. I got saved on a Sunday night. I woke up Monday morning crying and praying in tongues and had no clue what was going on. But I knew it was him. And look at that. It's still on me after all these years. <laughs> Come on. Let's give him a shout. Yeah. Yeah. Do you?